Daft About Craft, the Craft Beer Podcast. It's the start of a new week. It's August and Daft About Craft is back. Here is episode 49 of the Craft Beer Podcast with me, Dave D. And me, Dave B. Welcome along and thank you very much indeed for joining us. Bit of a special one this time, because it's not a normal episode. I thought we'd do something a little bit different. We did it a while ago. I think it was about ten episodes ago now. We thought we'd do it again. This is a brew to me special, but one with a difference, Dave. Yes, so we know there's many, many new craft breweries popping up all the time in, in England, Scotland, Wales, and... We'll probably do more brew to me for those in the future. It feels like, um, just as an aside, we've found loads recently. So hopefully there's loads of people that will be coming on in future episodes and telling us all about themselves. But anyway, what we actually wanted to do was shine a light on Northern Ireland. Boundary and... Bullhouse and Beer Hut. They've all sort of been out and about for quite a while. And I think people would be fairly aware of them and fairly aware that they can get their beers. But... We have noticed that there's some other Northern Irish breweries. So what we've done, we have picked six breweries. We've all been going for different amounts of time. I think the oldest one has been going since 2015. And then there's others that have only been going 12 months or so. So we've got six of them and we're going to look at them. We're going to try beers from each of them. And somebody from each brewery will be joining us to tell us all about them. Quite exciting. So we've got, got all our beers lined up here. We've had some of these beers for quite a long time, actually. We've been planning this episode for, for what seems like months and months. But we're finally here, and, uh, well, let's just get into it, shall we, Dave? Kick off. Right, so I'm going to start off. I've got four here, and you've got two, Dave. So I'm going to start off with the one I got, first of all, the, the contact I made first of all out of all of these, which was Spade Town. For those who haven't heard what we do here, Brew to Me, it's basically where we try beers from breweries we've never encountered before, never tried their beers before, never even come across them in some some cases. So it's all new to us. And uh, yeah, like I said, the first one is Spade Town. Now, Spade Town have actually been going a couple of years, 2021, County Armagh they're based in. And it was started by two school friends. The beer I've got is called Po-Faced Pills, and it's the strongest beer they do at 5.6%. So most of their beers are in that quite sessionable range, uh, except this one. And this beer uses Hannah malt, which is the malt used for the very first Pilsner in 1840, Dave. But you didn't know that. I did not. And kudos for knowing something like that, as it's a European style, something that I probably would have thought I might know. But um... Actually, I... They told me that, yeah. Right, so I've poured this out. Now, there's plenty of date left on this. I said we had had these beers for a while in some cases, but there's plenty of date left on this. Uh, 5.6% German-style pills, their strongest beer. Now, it's supposed to be complex, well-rounded and refreshing. Just as you're drinking that, the thing I would say, looking at it, it mm. is the most unpilsy pills I've seen. Well, no, no, but I think I think my camera is making this look a lot darker than it is because it uh, it looks almost ruby in colour, doesn't it? It is for me. It's very orange. Yeah, but it's not. It's more yellow than okay. that. I think it's a light. Uh, okay, can be a okay. bit deceptive. It's weird, actually. I've noticed this a few times recently. I've drunk beers when I've been out and about and thought, "Oh, that doesn't look quite right," but. 
the colours, like the lights in a bar and, or natural mm. day, everything can make a massive difference. And you, if you hold it up, you know, away from the uh, artificial lights, you sometimes see something totally different. And, and that's the case here as well. Well, that, that is very nice. You would be all over this. In fact, I've got one to send to you in the oh, um, in the magical box, which has been making its way down to Suffolk for about three months now. It's going by carrier pigeon, and, <laughs> like, and I think the poor carrier pigeon then has to turn around and take mine back up to you. Yeah, that's good. Right, look, we're going to pass over to Annie from Spade Town, who's going to tell you all about the brewery, what they do, and about the different beers they make. Hi, I'm Annie from Spaytown Brewery in Lurgan, County Armagh, Northern Ireland. We're the first brewery in Lurgan in 150 years and opened our doors back in 2021. We were started by two school friends, Patrick Makaliski and Marty Dummigan, who grew up together and really essentially wanted to give something back to the community that raised them. So they have invested in a state-of-the-art craft brewery, Spadetown. And we also have a sister company called Coney Island Coffee, which is a coffee roasting business. Spadetown is a 14.5 hectolitre brewery. We operate a twin vessel brewing system for all of our brewing. And we also have a 3,000 can per hour canning line. In terms of our beers, we operate a fairly traditional portfolio of products. Our core range consists of five brews currently. Our malts are chosen for their unique characteristics and flavour profiles, selected to perfectly complement each style of beer. We are big fans of traditional ingredients and strive to find the ones that offer something a little bit different. So, for example, we use a heritage malt, a HANA malt, in our Pilsner, which was the very first malt used in the very first Pilsner back in 1840. And it's the base for our po-faced pills. The range that we have is it's a very strong, very traditional orientated range. We tend not to go for wild and wacky flavours, so you won't find any pineapple IPAs with us or chocolate cake stouts because what we're essentially trying to do is brew a range of really, really consistent, super quality crafted beers that we would want our customers and your listeners to buy week in and week out so that we're a brand that becomes part of your, your actual life. In terms of our full range of beers, we have a light lager, a German-style Pilsner, a fantastic IPA, a red ale, and a beautiful stout as well. So our lager is a 4.5% light lager. We have a slight note of citrus coming in to, to bring it some freshness, but essentially it's clean, crisp, and dry. Our IPA is a sessionable West Coast grapefruit-style IPA. We have relatively low ABV, 4.5%, but the beer gives off plenty of fruity aromas, but it tends to be more hoppy than a lot of IPAs that are on the market. Our Pills, which is my personal favourite, but also the strongest of all the Spade Town beers, is 5.6% German-style Pilsner. It's complex, but well-rounded and very, very refreshing lager. The Pilsner features loads of malt and hopped up character, which, as we say in Logan, would turn those frowns upside down. Then earlier this year, we launched our Raging Red Ale. It is an Irish red ale, but with a slight American twist to it. It's very sessionable. Again, the lowest actually of all of our ABVs at 4%, but it has absolutely delicious notes of roasted malt. There's a really sweet start to it with a smooth bitterness topped off with a caramel floral finish. 
So we, we tend to mix things up a little bit on the red, but by far one of the best brews we've ever produced. And then we have our Dark Cloud Stout, which is more akin to a bottled Guinness than what some of our listeners or your listeners might be used to. And so it's a really, really light, very smooth stout, absolutely ideal for, for this time of year and the weather that, that we're having. Lots of absolutely beautiful dark chocolate maltiness, and it just has the most unbelievable light coffee finish on it. it has a really rich, deep chocolatey brown head and is absolutely amazing. So Spade Town beers to the UK market are available through the online platform Tapdoor. Tapdoor only launched in May and have been an unbelievable um, launch partner for the Spade Town range. And then locally closer to home, we are available through a lot of independent off licenses in Northern Ireland. For any of your commercial listeners who might be interested in finding out a little bit more about Spade Town, I would recommend that they either check out eBrea or look on the Range Me site where you'd be able to pick up product details. Further information on all of our brews and how to get in touch with me are on our website, which is www.spade.town. And we hope you, you give us a try. And if there's anything else you want to know about Spade Town, give us a shout. Well, thank you very much, Annie. That is a really uh, comprehensive look at what, what Spade Town does. They're, they seem like a very slick operation. That I think they're sort of quite steeped in traditional roots. They want to make nice, solid, consistent beers, but with a with a slight sort of craft edge on them. And that is really good. I like that a lot. What difference does the malt make for you? You know, you have actually sort of explored Pilsners and that a little bit more in the last few months. Here we come to these difficult questions. <laughs> that sort of malt backbone does come through. Is it quite bready? Bready is the right word. I'm not sure that's the right word. It feels um, like there's a lot of body to it, even though there actually isn't a lot of body to it, obviously, being a pills. Does that make any sort of sense? Okay. Yeah, I think so, because pilsners are supposed to generally be very light. Now, the traditional traditional ones are a bit heavier. Um, you sort of get those modern ones, they are super light. They're almost sort of like, you know, light, watery, yellowy, watery colour. There's a lot of flavour to this, a lot which you don't always expect with the pills. No, and obviously they've got a good, a good range. What else, obviously Annie talked us through, what else are you sort of able to sample of theirs? They sent me they sent me loads, actually. One I'm really looking forward to is their stout, which sounds amazing. She described it there as having a deep chocolatey brown head on it, and I love it when you pour a stout, and that, that head is that mm. sort of mm. chocolatey colour. It always bodes well for me, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, when you think they've only been going for less than two years, Interesting that she said there they've got a canning line that does 3,000 cans per hour. That's some kit. It's staggering, isn't it? That is some kit for a relatively new brewery. Well, hopefully they can put it to good use and get the beers out more and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that is good. I was going to say I haven't had a drink for a bit, but that's a lie because I have. I had one uh, before we started this, but this is going down really well. I abstained but, uh, for, for reasons touched upon in the previous episode. How is your drinking going then, Dave? Generally. Still the same as the last episode. It's, still- it's really t- tailored back now. Um, that day when we did the tipper was the last time I had three beers in a day because I hated myself later <laughs> that night when I was. I wasn't drunk or anything, but you just feel it so much more if you're all like up 
to do something at 2am in the morning, having gone to bed at 11 or something, so Dave's, half 10 or... We were talking before we started, before we hit the button here, Dave's been doing a lot of night feeds, he's sort of taking night feeds in turns with his wife. A lot of late nights, so I can imagine that tippers and more than a couple of beers doesn't go down too well when you're up till 4 or 5am. No, Katie went to get me a couple of drinks out of the fridge uh, last weekend, I think it was, and she said, oh... What do you want? I said, you'll be surprised how full the fridges are out there. And she came back and she said, oh, you're not kidding. And as she went out, I said, oh, the top shelf and the little fridge is out of bounds because it's all just too strong. I can't touch that on my own at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a very, very different experience at the moment. When we get you out to a beer festival, you're going to be off your nut. I'll be on the floor after two, I reckon. (laughs) Anyway, look, what's your first one? What are you going for? So my first beer comes from Lacarda Brewery Company. And they are actually a cooperative. They were formed in 2015. So we don't hear much about brewing cooperatives, do we? I mean, there's some out there, but you don't hear much about them at all. And there was 450 people involved in this one. Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? We should get all our listeners together to pitch in a bit of cash and uh, start one of our own. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. Um, Certainly one I'd be interested to talk to a bit more about with Stephen, who we'll hear from in a bit, who's one of the one of the voluntary directors for Lacarda. But Lacarda are based in um, Portrush. They are very near the famous Giants Causeway, which lends itself to the naming of some of their beers and also their logo, which is all tied in, but I'll leave that to Stephen to explain. Mm-hmm. The beer that I am trying from them is called West Bay, which is a Citra Pale 4.6%. Now, I did also get a couple of their other beers, which Stephen will mention, but as we were just talking about there, I am a bit limited on what I can do ABV at the moment, so I didn't really want to go flying in with a 6% beer, which are not words I ever thought I'd be saying, certainly not in recent times. But anyway, so this is a Citra Pale. This is relatively sort of straight up and down beer. Um, Nice. So nothing else in there, just Citra, so you kind of know what you'd expect this one to taste like. Exactly. The description on the can, it backs that up. A simple American-style pale ale, dry hot with citra, giving a fresh, zesty, easy-drinking beer. And that is exactly what that is. You know, I can't go to town on all. I'm getting this and that and the other. It's putting citra to good use. You'd have it if you went out and saw a pint on tap or at a festival, you'd have one or a half. Absolutely does the job. I've got, I've got no complaints with it, but let's now hear from Stevens to tell us a bit more about the brewery. Lakata is a corporate brewery founded in 2015 on the north coast of Northern Ireland in a small town called Port Rush. We have about 450 members of the cooperative who all put in some money to get the brewery off the ground, without whom we wouldn't be here. My name is Stephen and I'm one of the co-owners and currently one of the volunteer directors. The board of directors is chosen from the membership and helps to steer the direction the brewery is going. We have two employees, Laurie, our brewery manager, and Sam, our brewer. It was Laurie's idea back in 2014 that led to the foundation of the brewery as he had been a keen home brewer and thought he could create something that would be a benefit to the community, provide employment and give locals some tasty beer brewed on the doorstep, which was quite rare at that time in Northern Ireland. The name Lakata comes from Lakata Point, which is situated just around the corner from the UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Giant's Causeway. The rocky outcrop is where the Girona, one of the ships of the Spanish Armada, sunk in 1588 and in recent decades a number of treasures have been recovered from the site, most notably a nine ruby salamander, which is our logo. 
We have a core range of beers, including West Bay, a 4.5% Pale Ale, Blue Pool, a 6.4% Nipa, and Easter Beast, a 6% IPA, as well as a number of seasonals, with my personal favourite being the Devil's Wash Tub, a 5.2% Dark Ale. The descriptor is a little mysterious, and I place it somewhere between a Black IPA and a Porter. With plenty of new releases, and we brewed just over 100 beers to date. There's a great variety in there, from barley wines to lagers, and Imperial Starts to Session IPAs, and any that go down well with the public will usually see a rebrew at some point. All of the artwork on our cans are photos from the local area, taken by a local photographer, Gary McCall, and the beer names are inspired by our natural landscape and activities. At Lakata, we're always trying to brew something new and interesting, and we hope you can find your favourite. If you're outside of Northern Ireland, the easiest place to find our beers is on our website, lakatabrewery.com, as well as Bruiser. Thanks, all the best, and enjoy the beers. Well, thanks very much to Stephen there from Lakata. What is interesting already is that he mentioned they do a core range and Spadetown did a core range. I'm getting the idea that a lot of these Northern Irish breweries, they're really keen on a core range of beers and then sort of seasonal beers as and when. Yeah, and I think as a wider point, that's something. We've seen it in the UK a bit more, haven't we? It's coming through more and more. And again, if people haven't listened to the last episode, we were talking about that. And funnily enough, Katie and I were having a conversation because long-time listeners will know when December rolls around, I get, my advent calendar, which has got more expensive, more wacky, more testing for Katie to put together each year. We <laughs> talked about it, funnily enough, this week, and I said, you know what I w- wouldn't mind at all? So if I give you a list of the breweries that I like at the moment, go on their web shops and just pick either, probably pick four of them and do six each, just so I can explore the range, because that's what I'm finding more and more now. But I'm quite happy to, if I know a brewery does a good beer, but maybe I've only ever had that beer or one other. I'm sort of almost revisiting or, you know, we've talked about Ridgeside recently. I went back to them and Pazand, people like that, and just sort of try a bit of their range and then just mix things up a bit that way. So having a core range, I think, is probably going to increasingly become an important part of breweries. I think when we started the podcast, you know, the idea of a core range didn't really excite us very much. We were like, we poo pooed it, didn't we? We were like, nah, get away with your core range. We want your know, wacky beers every couple of weeks so we can tick them off and untapped. But as we've got older and our drinking habits and our lives have changed a little bit, we want different things and we can't be alone in that. There must be plenty of other people in the same boat. Mm, there's a full circle, which was 3.9%. I had one from, from Andy at Hydrology and it was so nice when I put the next hydrology order and i got two of it you know i've just it's that kind of thing is now starting to really work three blind mice are another one Mm. well hopefully we will speak to them in due course but i have actually placed an order with them already which was brilliant and i'm definitely doing that again yeah three blind mice uh, their beers are quite something if you've never tried them Mm. as as, like dave says we'll find out in a future episode Uh, and just mention briefly while talking on this subject i had a couple of beers recently from cloudwater Again, at the start of this podcast, when we started three years ago, I was a massive Cloudwater fan, and I've drifted away from them a little bit. And I thought, no, no, I'll, I'll have a few cans, see what they're up to now. And I had um, one of their one of their core range again, Fuzzy, just recently. Oh my goodness, it was superb, just superb. I'd forgotten how good they are. That's interesting because I think when you and I last went out. There was that cloud water beer had just come through, and it wasn't. Was it fuzzy or was it something else? It may have been fuzzy, you know. It it could have been. And I I was distinctly unimpressed. Perhaps they've changed it a bit. It was a can I had of it, 
uh, mm. just recently, and it was it was really good. I had a collab they did with J.W. Lees as well, which was also excellent. Um, anyway, we sort of digress, but that's what yes. we, I think that's what we're going to do in this episode. We're going to go off at tangents and stuff. But Lacarda sounds like you're quite impressed with them. It is a Ron Seal beer. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's it's nice. I can't knock it. It's not delivering sort of wildly new flavours that I've never had before, but there's nothing wrong with that. This is easy drinking, nice and simple. It's the kind of beer when you'd give it to someone as well. It's a good beer for if you're at a barbecue or you, you know, you've got mm. those people who are like, oh, yeah, I know you like your craft beer, but oh, I don't know if it's for me. Give them a beer like this and go, I bet you like that. Yeah. You know, you'd sort of back nine times out of ten, lock people go, oh, yeah, that's quite nice. So I believe I've got the other two beers that Stephen mentioned to try as well. So looking forward to seeing what else Licada have got. 450 members there all working together and it's been going for eight years. So it obviously the cooperative idea obviously works mm. as well, which is great to hear. I am now going to go to Out of Office Brewing. They got a brewery and brew pub together in Belfast, opened just over a year ago. So July 2022. Got to say massive thanks to Katie at Out of Office because basically they just keg at the moment and mainly sell out of their own brew pub. But she put me a load of their beers into cans and especially for me so that was brilliant i've got i've got quite a lot of them in the fridge haven't had any of them up until this point but the one i've got is this is exciting so you're actually getting a keg beer in a can yeah this should be immense now all of their beers are named after things to do with offices hence out of office so what Mm -hmm. i've got is the slacker grapefruit ipa there's always a slacker Mm -hmm. in the office isn't there 4.7%. 4.7%. This one does actually have a label on it. It does have some can art on it, but most of the others don't. They're just... Um, I love that. They just... Makes, makes, makes you feel special when oh, you get the does. ones that are just a blank can. I love it. it. Love it. Right, I'm going to open this, and uh, while I do, let's pass over to Katie, and she can tell you all about the brewery and what they do. Hi there. My name is Katie. I'm the brewer for Out of Office Brewing here in Belfast. Thanks a lot for having my voice on. Um, where we brew pub on the second floor of Ulster Sports Club in the city centre of Belfast. We've been open since last July with a 600 litre bricks kit. Got three 600 litre FEs and two 300, so super micro. And we've got a 1,200 litre bright tank for us to lager in. And we've got two horizontal 300 litre dispensing tanks in the top room, which is really exciting. Um, we just keg at the minute, but we have canned just for you guys. We've just canned these straight from our taps in the tap room. Uh, super rough, you'll see hand-labelled, and uh, yeah, don't expect too much from that. Um, our core range is five beers, and uh, then we always do a couple of collabs or sours, specials, things like that. Most of the beers are themed after like the, that feeling of clocking off, logging off. Um, so we've got airplane mode, holidays approved, or then we've got just like the office themed ones like Slacker, not safe for work. Um, and all of that is in your wee box. So my favorite beer so far has been the pink peppercorn grisette we did called Mine Your Head. And we also did a kettle soured radial with hibiscus that I really liked and we called that Pete for maintenance. 
Um, the most popular beer that we've done has been Carl from IT, which is a gooseberry and blackcurrant kettle sour. It was supposed to be one off, but we had to rebrew it because people just couldn't stop talking about it. So we've been joking around that we've brought Carl back from retirement. It seems to be like Belfast just absolutely love sour beers. This is just a general consensus that anyone has spoken to in the industry. Just Belfast is pretty new to the craft beer scene, but we're just jumping in the deep end. I absolutely love that lip puckering sour taste. Yeah, so our pub is owned by Biancor. It's an independent group that holds hotels and bars all throughout Belfast. This has been a really good advantage for us at Out of Office because we have eight or nine permanent taps all across the country thanks to this. And we've kind of overcome a lot of the draconian licensing laws that Northern Ireland has. So that's been great. You know, we're still very young, but we're extremely excited and constantly evolving, learning and investing our first. We, from the start, we did a lot of music collabs. So we did one with uh, Ponyhawk, who are a queer club night downstairs. And uh, we did that beer for Pride um, for International Women's Day. We did um, International Women's Collab Brew Day with a few girls. Um, and it was a goza called Do It Anyway. And that was a great success. It was a lot of fun. We also collaborated with the famous producer, Mr. Scruff, on a paleo that's in the box. Um, it's called Keep It Unreal. We released that the night that he played, and it was it was awesome. We got the artwork done. It's really cool. Uh, check it out. It's on our Instagram, and it's uh, on Untapped and all of that. Yeah, so we've really spent the first year pacing ourselves with collabs. We didn't want to be too wet behind the ears, but now we're feeling confident. And we did our very first collab with Modest called Sticky. We used a hop that I'm not familiar with, Nectaron. I think it's been a great success. The beer sold out super quickly. The next collab coming up is with Beer Hut. Here from Kilkeel, not too far from Belfast. And that's going to be a great opportunity for me to learn a lot more. And uh, yeah, we also do these monthly beer clubs where we sell really cheap tickets, just a fiver in. You get some of our core range, whatever new beer we have. And previously we've done um, that in cahoots with Modest, where we do a little bit of a tap takeover, get a meet the brewer event. And it's just a great way to kind of show our sense of community. But yeah, just be beer nerds. And uh, yeah, we had 42 people at the last one. And it's, it's really, really good fun. It's great use of our space and our tap room. And we love it. It's going to be a big part of out of office is our beer events. We'll also be doing a beer quiz for National Beer Day and um, hopefully releasing a beer a new core range beer and um, that's pretty much everything i have to say about the place i'm on social media so just send a message to out of office brewing if you've got any questions or maybe if you're in belfast and you want to do a tour let me know thanks for having me on and yeah good luck Slanted. Right, well, thank you very much to Katie there. It was a massively comprehensive look at what they do there. 19 different beers they've produced since they started just over a year ago. So they've got, as you heard, they've got a core range of five, and then they often do a lot of collabs. In fact, I first heard about Out of Office because they did a collab with Modest Beer, who we had on in one of these slots on the podcast. And I sort of thought I followed Modest and then I saw Out of Office and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let's get in touch with them. And uh, yeah, they were great to, great to deal with. Katie was brilliant getting these beers over to me. Something she talked about there, which I find absolutely fascinating. They do uh, beer nights at the brew pub where you pay a fiver to get in and then they do loads of tastings of their latest beers. Love the idea of that. Yeah, that is a good idea. If I was ever in Belfast, I'd be, and I saw they've got one of these nights on, I'd be absolutely all over that. This 
is great. That grapefruit really shines through. Little uh, again, this looks really orange on the screen. It isn't. It's yellow. If I didn't know better, I'd think you'd keep drinking Lucasade. The colours you're getting. It's ridiculous. It looks like the uh, the original Lucasade, doesn't it? That's what you used to get yes. in the in the bottles with the foil lids. Look, I've got my previous one there as well. They they both look dark. They're not camera trickery for you. Now this is really good. Uh, that grapefruit really shines through. Again, it does exactly what it says. And I think the idea behind these breweries with their core ranges is that they want to make solid beers so their customers know what they're going to taste like each time, you know. Remember the last grapefruit beer I had came from, funnily enough, when we did this last brew to me, which was Hambruco, toad liquor. And that really tasted of the grapefruit and it made it quite, not sharp, but it, it gives it that sort of automatic bitterness. Does that do that as well? It does. It reminds me um, many, many years ago when my when I was little and my dad he must have been going through some through a health kick because this didn't happen very often. But for a while, he used to have a grapefruit for breakfast. That was a thing, wasn't it? Was it? Um, were yeah. you allowed? There was allowed a little bit of sugar on it just to. That's time. right. That's right. Yeah, he often used to have an egg for breakfast, uh, a, a boiled egg or a poached egg. But then there was some negative egg stuff in the news, so he stopped having an egg. <laughs> Because eggs are bad for you now, of course, they're good for you. Anyway, so for a while ne- he had... Ne- gr- negative. Yeah, negative, yeah. So then he went on to this grapefruit. But this reminds me of that grapefruit. I, mean, I used to have a little teaspoon and have a little bit of it. And it was... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I remember that. But as a kid, it was really sharp, wasn't it? And you thought, oh, mm. I'm not sure I like that. But now I like it and it shines through in this beer. That's great. Really good. Well, we are flying through these beers. Um, <laughs> your, your next one, Dave. So my next one, or my final one, should I say, comes from Ormo Brewing Company. They are based in Belfast. And shout out to Andy, because when we came up with this idea and we started looking, I think he was the first brewery that I went to, came back the same night, and about three days later I had these beers, which, as I say, have then sat probably for a couple of months while we've been sort of getting things in, in line. So really appreciate his, his speedy service and just... General, I can. I've got good egg, eggness about it all. I've got this idea here that we, we got in touch with these breweries out of the blue, and we said, you know, we want to feature you on our podcast. And they said, oh, great, you know, we'll send you these beers. And they've sent these beers, and nothing's happened. They probably, I know. I felt really bad. Like they thought, oh, flipping chance. Who are these chances? Free, yeah, <laughs> free beer. But no, it's it is all coming off. But um, so Ormo, very small, as Andy will explain. Mm. We're at, we're at nano brewery level now, not micro, and not been going long. And also, well, he'll say himself, but he's not origin. He's not a, a Northern Irish native, so to speak. No, but I've gone slightly different now. So he's, he he talks about this beer, and from his description of the beers, it was the one that interested me the most. And it's Monk's beer. I was hoping this was the one you were going to have. Yeah, so it's a light Belgian ale, or as the traditional style dictates, it's a single. You obviously get your triples and your doubles and things like that. This is a Belgian single. So it's it's just 5%, 5% on the nose. And as he says on the back of the can, Belgian beers are often associated with high B- ABV and strong flavour. However, this isn't always the case. Trappist monks often brewed a light, refreshing beer for themselves with the same yeast-defining character and traditional ingredients, but in lighter and refreshing quantities. Makes sense. They can't be overindulging when there is so much praying to do. Amen. So this comes out crystal clear. Oh, nice, yes. That actually, what we were talking about earlier, is almost, that looks Pilsner-like to me. It's so light and it's 
Yeah. It is, yeah, it is crystal clear. It does have that belgian nose. Not super strong, but then you wouldn't expect it to as it's only a, a single. Yeah, okay. It's a bit of a cross almost. It's definitely Belgian. You know what? That That's going to get better and better the more I drink it, I think. And if I was drinking this in a different part of the day, if you were having this, if you'd gone to Belgium and you were starting your day drinking some Belgian beers, I think this might be the way to go. Let's hear from Andy and he can explain a bit more about Ormo and then we'll come back to it because I think this could be a beer that after he's had a chat, I'd probably like it even more. Hi there, this is Andy from Ormo Brewing Company. Uh, we're just a small outfit here in South Belfast. We started in August last year, so we haven't been going too long at all. And we're really just focused on supply the local, our local area, South Belfast area, with quality, quality beer and, and sometimes something a bit different, I guess, as well. You can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from Belfast, but uh, originally from Australia, having settled here for about 13 years. And I think some of that's reflected in the beer. Um, my beers are typically described as a bit drier than usual. But like I say, it's probably around what I grew up with. So yeah, when I say we're small, we're, we're very small. We've only got uh, three 300-litre fermenters. Um, we're quite lucky to have the support of a couple of good bars in the area. Yeah, originally when we thought about it, we thought most of our, our beer would be going into cans. Um, but it's been a pleasant surprise. It's not been particularly easy. But uh, it's been a pleasant surprise that there's a few bars around the place who have got behind us. And like us, they like the idea of having a local, like a very local community almost, based uh, based brewery. And uh, I'm very appreciative of, of their support and the support of the, the customers that have got behind us with this. I've sent you a few beers. I think one of them was uh, our Tropical Pale, made largely with Galaxy and, and Eclipse Hops. It's called Homesick. And it was no no hiding the fact that it was made in the middle of winter when I was feeling particularly homesick. There's also a West Coast IPA there. Again, just trying to do something a little bit different from the, the wave of Sweden, New England IPAs as well. But probably one of the beers I'm most pleased with, the Monk's beer I sent you, which is a, a light Belgium ale. I'm a big fan of Belgian beers, but uh, with their typical strength, it's not easy to have a, a few of them uh, without feeling the effects. So... I put together what's known as a Belgium single. You don't see it too much. A pretty simple grain bill of uh, Pilsner malt with a bit of carapils in it as well. And uh, we put some orange peel in the boil for the last 10 minutes of the boil. And it comes out at 5%, so it's a more sessionable Belgium beer. It's uh, quite crisp, uh, but it still has that very characteristic yeast uh, profile that's typical with uh, typical of, of Belgium beers, but at a lighter, lighter percentage. For me, it's important that the beers are accessible. And I think if you give a lot of people a very dark 9% Belgian beer, some people can find it quite intimidating. But I'm really pleased with that beer. And uh, and the feedback we've had from it is, uh, has been very good. Um, we do quite a few beer and cheese pairing evenings at bars around the place, and it's always gone down very well there. So, yeah, uh, that's about it, really. Thank you very much, guys, for the uh, for the opportunity of, of uh, talking about beers, and, and I hope you enjoy them. Uh, like I say, we haven't been going too long, so even doing things like this is a, a little bit strange for me. Uh, it's still hard to believe that it's come together as it has done. But uh, but pleased with the way it's going. And uh, thanks again for the opportunity. Bye. Well, there goes Andy from Ormo in South Belfast. And the first thing I've got to mention is their cheese and beer pairings. I know. How about that? Something we, well, you in particular have been banging on about for a long time. Funnily enough, I think you see a lot of the traditional breweries have cottoned on to it ages ago, and they'll do hampers where they'll put their, mm. some beers in with the cheese. I 
I think the stage is set for it to be done in a craft light, but it hasn't quite got there yet. So that has the beer developed a little bit in the glass there. You know what? This would actually go really well with some cheese. It's <laughs> reminding me of last time I went to Bruges, we went to the Beer Wall, which is one of the places where, as the name would suggest, it's it's stacked with beer. But it's got one of the best sort of viewing bits in the in the centre of Bruges because it looks out onto where you, you hire your li- or you can get on the hired, they're not even boats really, but take you around the canals. So you see all the people coming in and out doing that all the time and it, it just it looks out onto the water. It's a lovely spot. It's always very busy. But you can buy where the beer you want from them and they also sell little cubes of cheese in the pots. This would go superbly with that. So you get that and then you get the really strong scent mustard Mm. which sort of sets my nose on fire when I have it, but I can't help myself. I love it. Yeah, this would work perfectly with that. And as Andy said, he said it does a bit of a drier finish. This does have a drier finish, which sets it apart. It doesn't sort of go, you know, when you have those Belgian beers, especially when you get into the, the blonde triples and doubles. I find it gets that sort of sweet, not sickly, but very cloying. Oh. It really sort of gum, gums you up by the end of having a bit of it, doesn't it? It sounds like this is a much more easy drinking version of those a much more dialed down version yeah 100 percent. it's a lot cleaner it's it's all it's a lot crisper as well actually it's more like i'm trying to think there is a belgian beer it reminds me of i want to say palm i think it's palm um if i'm wrong someone can correct me online no doubt but i think it's palm it reminds me of which is no bad thing because i i like palm i haven't had one of those in a long time so is this Belgian singular style that you've had much of? No, not really. You don't see an awful lot of it because I, I find when you do go to Belgium, so I've been to Bruges a couple of times, a lot of the places they start, everywhere basically starts at 6% up or your alternative is something like Jupiler, which I don't really count. So yep. something like this, I would much rather have over something like that. I don't particularly care for Jupiler and things like that. That's just sort of macro-y. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you don't see many singles. And there's an argument. This is, this is an interesting style, actually, which I – now I've had it, I think more craft beer companies should be looking to explore this. I'm really surprised they haven't, actually. There's a lot to be said for this style, you know. This is nice. This is really nice. Andy very kindly sent six cans, two of each beer. So I will send you – this one, Dave, and you can... Mm. Oh, yeah, I'd love to try that. Yeah, see what you make of it. It's interesting, actually, with recent changes as of the 1st of August, HMRC changes to tax, whether you'll start to see more stars like that than the stronger stuff uh, over 8.5%. Uh, could well do. Talking of which, my next beer is a Belgian triple that is 8%. <laughs> we, we don't just throw this together. And this is from a brewery called Our Brewery, so O-U-R, Our. And uh, this is a really interesting story. We've, we've had your cooperative earlier with Ormo, but Our Brewery hasn't been going long, and it's the fermentation arm of a setup called Get Er Brewed, which installs brewing equipment for breweries. But they've also got this experimental arm where they brew their own beers as well. Oh, wow. Which is a model I'd never really even thought of. It's a very different scene, isn't it? Just from what we've scratched the surface with, it feels like. A couple of these have been going a while, but most of them are fairly new, and they've got their own unique take on how to make it work for them. Mm. Which I love. It's great, isn't it? There is different stuff over here, of course there is, but it does feel sometimes that, like, if you want to start a successful craft brewery in 2023, what do you do? You open up, 
you probably release four or five pails that are hazy, hoppy, and then the next thing you do is you open a brewery tap to put them all in. Yeah. And, that, you know, that sort of feels like the identical craft beer brewery at the moment in the UK. But in Ireland, in, well, in Northern Ireland, completely different mm, to that. They're, they're, they're brewing Belgian singles and triples. What is interesting is that when we listened earlier to Katie from Out of Office, she mentioned how their sours go down particularly well with drinkers in Belfast. And... You know, sours are usually quite divisive, but it, it, it suggests to me that the audience over there is much more daring as well. They'll try anything. Yeah, potentially, because as you say, the, the sours here are still a bit niche, aren't they? You mm. know, they're increasingly, you will get one on a menu in a in a place, but maybe only one, unless you're going to a specific brewery or somewhere that just loves it so much. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see the di- these differences shining through from the Northern Ireland scene and, and here. Right, so this beer is called Prime Time of Your Life, 8% Belgian triple. So I guess what we're expecting here is a more intense version of what you just had and m- more of that Belgian style that we're used to. Yeah, so I would expect goldeny colour, yep. very, very yeasty, somewhat sweet fruit nose. Yes. Yes, tick those off a list. Yes, yes. And then taste-wise, it will be sweet but definitely strong. And then that's, that strength almost sort of – it doesn't let up. It keeps going so the, the end sip is as strong as the first, if that makes sense. That's that's really nice. Goodness, that doesn't taste its 8% either. I think you'd get into a lot oh, okay. of – I think you'd get into trouble if you uh, dr- drank a few of those too quickly. That's, Does it lend itself to doing that, as in the drinking quickly? Because whenever I think of the, those Belgian ones, I can't ever get through the triples that quickly because of their sweet yeah. the bodiness. It slows you down. It, it's sweet, but not cloyingly sweet. It's not heavy in any way. It's still quite light. It looks fairly light in the glass and or a little bit darker than your single there. But I would have imagined it would have been harder to drink than it is. It's really easy to drink. I'd send you one if did I had. That come in a, <laughs> did that come in a 440 can? 440, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that is quite dangerous. Yeah, I think it could be. Yeah, well, look, let's pass over to Johnny Mitchell, who will tell us all about our brewery and what it is they do over there. So our brewery at Getter Brewed has been, it's been sort of a multi-pronged approach to things. So it's a showroom for the brew experience equipment that we sell and install all over the UK and Ireland. We've successfully installed over 25 breweries and it's been a great project to, to work on with the brand Brewix from Slovenia. So um, that's one aspect of the way we manage the brewery here. The other aspect of it is it's like for R&D, so it allows us to push our knowledge of brewing. So we've put in uh, oak footers and a uh, complete wood project in barrels there that's allowed us to do everything from Captinus beers from Lithuania where we bake the mash and then um, ferment and age in oak barrels. We've done spontaneous brews using a cool ship and we've also you know, did a lot of mixed firm stuff and just generally using it for research and development. Our latest project there uh, allowed us to use pasta in the brewing process, which is a very sustainable way of using a waste food product. So that's the second prong of it. And then the third part of it there is just to be able to experiment with ingredients and showcase 
exactly what we can do with the finest quality ingredients. And just last week there, we were very grateful to receive a host of awards in the Great Taste Awards and also picked up a World Beer Award for our New England IPA. So the brewery has been a fantastic addition to, you know, to the catalogue of products and services that we offer here. So we do use the brewery for a lot of contract brands, so we help um, newcomers. So if there's a brewery that we have sold equipment to, um, we would train their brewer here and um, show them how to you know, use the equipment effectively. We would also use it for trial and new ingredients. So we got some new hop products, some advanced products there recently, and we were able to experiment with them and showcase and make them shine in-house. So. I think the future for our brewery is looking really bright. We've got a lot of nice stuff in the pipeline. So we've got the clean beers that we make, the um, core range at the minute has everything in it, brown ales, wit beers, pilsners, IPAs, New England IPAs. And then we've got the barrel section, which is exciting for us because it's got all sorts of beers from imperial stouts to spontaneously fermented beers to, um, you know, just oak aged. Uh, red triples and saisons and it's just been a phenomenal project to have run along the background to go along with everything else we do so i think the nose to tail approach that we have as well is very good so we have everything in-house from production ingredients right through to packaging and we're really excited for the future for our brewery and we're uh, looking forward to being able to release the first of the oak-aged and spontaneous beers at the end of this year when they get a couple of years old. Um, we really would appreciate it if people would follow us on socials and engage with us and let us know your experiences with working with those beers and if there's anything exciting that you've picked up along your beer journey, we'd love to know about it to see if that's a new experiment or a bit of R&D that we can do here at our brewery. And don't forget to support your local breweries. They need that in the current climate. And we really appreciate all the support and love that we get shown from the beer community here at Get Rude and our brewery. Well, thanks very much to Johnny there. What a unique operation they're running. Basically, they're brewing beers and doing a lot of research and development through the brewing and then setting up breweries for other people and providing ingredients for other people. So they're sort of showcasing their equipment and what they've got through the beers they're producing. So you would hope the beers would be good. And judging from this, they are good. It's a very sensible way of doing it, isn't it, almost? Like, if, you, if you've if you got a product, how best to sell your product? Go, well, look, this is what you can do on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then for, and then show them something really good. And they think, oh, well, if they can do that with that, I'm sure we can too. Like, it, it, yeah, it's... Maybe, Quite clever marketing, really. Maybe that does exist elsewhere, but it's not something that springs to mind that I've seen elsewhere. No, the closest thing I could think of when you were talking about it, uh, purely because it was an experimental arm, was when we um, spoke to Tooth and Claw. They obviously yeah. uh, are an experimental arm of a big brewery, but still not quite the same as being the arm of an equipment provider. I'd say what was interesting as well was when Johnny mentioned there about beer that they've made with pasta, so waste food uh, in beer. And I've seen a few... Which, which we have seen with toast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Big one. I've seen a couple recently with pasta, so it's maybe we're going to see more of that sort of thing as well. Maybe that's uh, where craft beer will go, or another way craft beer can, can go. In yeah, I mean, I think it, it lends itself, doesn't it, this sort of food... Mm. Tapping into food, to food waste, that does make sense as something that people will get hold of and, and try and work with. Oh, it's lovely, that. It, it leaves you with a sort of sweetness at the end, a little bit clovey, 
just a, a lovely soft sweetness. It sounds like it's nailed on, and it sounds mm. like it lends itself very much to if you had some food or some snacks nearby. This is the sort of beer so far that bid one the same as mine. Perhaps our beer and cheese episode this year should be specifically Belgian beer and cheese. We'll do some yeah, pairings that, that way. That might be a nice idea. Well, I think we've just sorted out our Christmas episode there. <laughs> yeah. Our listener in Aberdeen will be uh, delighted. He loves a bit of beer <laughs> and cheese, doesn't he? Mm. Hope you're doing well, Mark. Um, something I must just mention, these brewers who are also kind to, enough to take part in this episode, uh, several of them sent me glasses as well, which for some reason I haven't brought up here to show off to you. But I uh, must say thanks a lot to everybody who did that. But my wife often complains that I've got too many glasses. and she's, Oh, God, there's another glass turned up. I was speaking to a woman the other day. I nearly said to her, do you fancy coming on a podcast? She was a self-proclaimed record holder for the highest number of British beer glasses in her collection. How many beer glasses do you think she had, Dave? When did she start? She's been going quite a long time. We're talking decades. I think so. This is this is incredible when you think about it. Like I've probably got, I don't know, 100 or so. Cool, yeah, I can see why Lisa complains then. Like, I get it. I don't get complaints. And I would only have... 20, and I, I find that difficult enough because I like to have them on rotation, but I have to have them on rotation. We're hoping when we, when we move house, I might be able to find somewhere where I can put more in one place and select from. Yes, um, yeah, that's the that's the ideal scenario, isn't it? You've got them all nicely laid mm-hmm. out, and if you're having a Belgian beer, you go for the glass, you know, you pick the right glass for the occasion. Exactly. Um, I'm going to say 17,000. Okay, well, you've gone too high, but oh, okay. it was it's 5,000. Okay, well, it's still... But you know how much space 20 glasses takes up. Yeah. And I know how much 100 glasses or whatever it is takes up. 5,000! She must need, like, a storage unit for them, surely. She keeps them in filing cabinets. So she can't even, <laughs> see, can't even see them. Are they filed <laughs> under the brewery names? Yes. I quite like that. <laughs> I knew you would. She keeps <laughs> yeah. um, spreadsheets on the computer <sighs> with it all yeah, listed and, you know... Oh, I quite like that a lot. See, it's fascinating, isn't it? I wonder what the name is for a beer glass collector. There must be one. Oh, yeah, I bet there is. Almost yes. certainly. But, yeah, the next time Lisa or Katie complain about our beer glass collection, I just say, look, now, we have... Yeah, we're, is, we are, we're small for This is nothing. This is nothing. Right, well, amazingly, we've already got through five beers from five breweries we hadn't tried before. We've got one more to go, and the very last one is a little brewery called McCracken's, which was started by Ryan McCracken in 2018. He's got a core range of three beers, and one of them is this award-winning Irish stout called McCracken's Black. Let's have a listen to Ryan, see what he's got to say, and then we'll try the beer. Hi, my name's Ryan McCracken. I'm the founder, managing director and master brewer from McCracken's Brewery. We're based in County Armagh, Northern Ireland. Uh, we started about five years ago. Started off in a small enough kit. Uh, we're doing about 1,200 litres a month maximum output. We are now producing up to about 15,000 litres a month. We had at one point uh, 11 beers on the go, but we've recently we've actually scaled back and we're keeping the core of three, which is our premium pilsner, our Irish pale ale, and our black Irish stout. In 2022, it won uh, gold in the Irish Food and Drink Awards, and it actually then went on to win uh, Product of the Year in the same awards. 
It's a full-bodied Irish stout that's robust in flavour and complemented by a generous uh, helping of nugget and East uh, Kent Goading hops. There's notes of coffee, chocolate and licorice. And it's certainly smooth going down. We'll now come on to our IPA, which is uh, or actually Irish pale ale. It's basically a uh, crossover between a traditional IPA and a West Coast IPA, and of course, we've put that wee uh, Irish twist on it. You'll get the blood orange, citrus, stone fruits. It's one of my personal favourites. It's actually our first ever beer we released. Tweaked it over the years, but it hasn't changed too much from the original recipe. Now I come on to your McCracken's Premium Pilsner. It was only released last year, but it's since become one of our uh, signature beers. It's well balanced with earthy and citrus notes with a beautiful crisp finish. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for the lowdown there on what you're doing and about your three different core beers. I've just opened the can and it's gone over my legs. So that's a good start. <laughs> Lots of life in this one. So, yeah, like I said, I have got McCracken's Black Irish Stout. So, obviously, it's four and a half percent. Obviously, I'm thinking Guinness. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, any Irish stout has to compete against Guinness and then, to a lesser extent, Caffrey's, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to somebody the other day who said they'd had some Caffrey's recently, and it was... I always think of Caffrey's, and I think of it as... It was very early 2000s, Caffrey's. It was. I was going to say late 90s, but I'll I'll, I'll go yeah. with you there. Okay, yeah. Does it exist still? I mean, it must do. I... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's like, huge in, in Ireland itself, but it was definitely an import that lasted for a while, but it just wasn't very good. Not by comparison to Guinness. No, I don't think so. Look at look cool. at. I just say that again. Yeah. Look at the head on that. Mm. We were talking earlier about uh, the chocolate coloured heads. This this is what this is. So if you think of your Guinness and you've usually got that that creamy off white head, this is nothing like that. This this is a luxurious brown head on this, isn't it? I do like a dry stout, and I do associate that with Ireland. Well, Ryan said there when he was talking that notes of coffee, chocolate, and licorice. Definitely all three. Biggest one for me is licorice. Love a bit of licorice. No, okay. Well, I'm not a licorice fan. But that doesn't mean I don't mind it in a beer necessarily, but I'm not a licorice fan. It's licorice to the fore, backed up with coffee and a slight undertone of chocolate for me. Yeah, that's very nice. I can see why he's proud of this beer. Because he sort of said, if you're going to have one of these beers, this is the one to have. I'd be really keen on your feedback. That is good. That's lovely. Not in any way that's, like Guinness, actually. I was going to say, not with that flavour profile. That's no. quite distinctive. Mm. There's not many stouts over here when people do a stout where they say that you know the main thing you're going to get is licorice. Coffee, sure, but we all know what a coffee stout tastes yeah, like. Yeah, coffee's the one you expect, so it is nice to actually get something a little bit different, mm. not just the coffee and chocolate. Almost bitter at the end, but that's nice because it keeps you going back for another another hit. I like that a lot. He's done a lot of bottled beer since he's been going in 2018, and I think the cans is more a recent addition, but I've got all three of those core beers. Looking forward to trying the others now. God, well, this has been a roaring success, Dave. I've looked at six breweries that weren't really on our radar, and we've enjoyed all the beers. As we sort of said at the start, Boundary and Bullhouse and whatnot, they are very good. And Whiplash would be another as well. Like They're really exposed what the scene is like in Northern Ireland, but it just shows that that's, they're the ones that are getting the publicity, but behind them is another wave of 
just as good, if not better, breweries. And there were a couple as well, but we didn't manage to quite get. Um, Morn Mountain, we won. Yeah. That I, I was trying to get hold of, but failed to do so. So there is more out there. And I think you had others as well that you, you didn't quite yeah. get. So It's difficult sometimes when we, when we set out to do these special focuses, who to include, who not to include. But we, look, we really enjoyed those. I'm almost tempted to do a, a Southern Ireland special as well. You know, do we want to look at breweries in the Republic of Ireland who we don't know so much about? Because I bet there are loads as well. As ever, always happy for suggestions as well. If people know some some breweries in the Republic that are doing good things, the only thing that's a bit of a struggle with that, I think, is Northern Ireland's okay because yeah. we can still do the postage and packaging quite easily. I think the Republic then becomes a bit trickier, but by no means impossible. Might be one to explore, I think. For you guys listening to this now, if you can get hold of any of these beers, we would really say go for it. You know, look on their websites. A lot of these guys who have mentioned they've got web shops. Baytown mentioned a few places where you can get hold of their beers. A couple of the other guys did as well. Definitely try and get some. While we've said in this episode, it's nice to sometimes go back to the familiar and reacquaint yourselves with beers that you might have had in the past it, it is nice to keep experimenting and then finding good new breweries really good breweries yeah 100 percent. i would recommend that almo to anyone who likes belgian beer that's a really good beer that's the nice one of the nicest non-traditional belgian beers i've had in a long long time i'm very impressed with that and the lacada beer very solid so no i'm very happy with what i've found and by the sounds of it you are too absolutely yeah no really really enjoyed that that is just about it for this episode of Daft About Craft. We will be back at the beginning of September for what is what will be our official 50th episode. Half a century, Dave. Half a century not out. We should try and find something special to do, which I'm sure we will. It might have to be something special, hype or trite related. That feels the most obvious mm. candidate. That would be a good one because we've actually already got our interview lined up with a little brewery. Mm from the Nottinghamshire, Yorkshire border called Ticking Clock Brewing. So if you haven't heard of them and you want to know more, next episode, beginning of September, when we'll also have all our usual features, and I'm sure a whole lot more as well. But thanks very much for listening to this. Both really enjoyed it. Better let Dave get back to um, feeding duties or whatever's next. Yeah, the first night feed will be quite entertaining now because these will probably kick in yeah. a little bit. So. <laughs> right. I'm sorry for Bob, but he'll be fine. We'll catch you all next month. Cheers, everybody. Daft About Craft, the craft beer podcast.